0: Well, I think it's my turn. Turn for your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We have been greatly blessed and fed today. Thank you for the wonderful music. Actually, this uh, fits in with the message very, very well. Uh, my wife and I, some time ago, visited a family who visited our church. And, uh, you know, we, we come here all the time. We take everything for granted. And uh, they, so we were talking about the church and all that, just kind of sharing with these people who visited. And this, the man said, did you know that this morning you had six different people playing the piano? And I said, I never thought about that. But we had quite a few today, if you noticed, you know. And uh, the singers, uh, everybody does his part. Uh, the instrumentalist. I mean, it's a wonderful. It's a wonderful example of Ephesians four sixteen. This, we started out this series of messages on finding your place in the church, and Ephesians four sixteen makes it very plain that everybody has a place. Every joint, uh, every part is all fit together to accomplish God's purpose, and God sends all of us to this place so that we can do our part. To make the ministry what it needs to be. And of course I love the music. And to hear the singing of the choir. And the instrumentals playing. And the trio and all the things. And the piano. It's a wonderful blessing. A wonderful uplift to come into a place. And and hear the music. Uh, I don't know if I said this here. But let me say it again. When we all had COVID. And I had a hip replacement. And all that good stuff. And we were not able to come to church for a while. But we faithfully... Watched the live stream. Uh, matter of fact, we watched three sermons every Sunday morning. My son Jeremy at nine, and Pastor Todd at ten, and then my son in law in Wisconsin at, at eleven. So I got plenty of less of services every week. But the first Sunday that I came in this room and the choir started singing the, the congregational singing, it was more than I could bear. There's just something about being with God's people. And being blessed and helped. Uh, not just the special things, but the, the congregational singing. To sing the great songs of Zion and to hear the, the voices sing and the instruments play. and It's an uplifting thing. And there's nothing, you know, TV's good and limestring is good. And, and I know some people are looking, how are you? Uh, but I'm telling you, there's something about being in the auditorium, isn't there? There's nothing quite like it. And I appreciate so much the time it takes and, you know, look at it this way. Without this, Brianna would not be what it is. I mean, this, all this adds so much to our services. And uh, we all enjoy that. The music ministers to our heart. Uh, the songs, the text, the things that we hear uh, prepare us, move our hearts toward the Lord, and then we are ready to hear the word. And it's, it's just an amazing thing. Now, if you turn to First Corinthians chapter 3... Here, Here's, here's the, the, as we look at our place, and we've talked about this now, this is the third, third message. It, it is easy to become enamored with a position or a person and to make our decisions on that basis. Now, the Corinthian church was filled with problems. Uh, they really had a lot of different issues. Uh, by the way, in the first chapter, they were also very gifted. Paul said you have all the gifts. I mean you're a very gifted people. But the problem they had is well, let me just look in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And let me just read it to you. It's easier than to talk about it. It says this, and I brethren could not speak unto you as under spiritual but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither are you, uh, now are you able. Now, understand, this problem that he's about to identify hindered their understanding of the scriptures. Uh, they were called carnal, that is fleshly, they walked in the flesh. And uh, it, later on, Acts in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, it says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him neither can he know them because their are spiritually discerned." So this problem in the church had affected what Paul could preach to them. Instead of preaching the deeper things of God, and the things that they needed to hear, he was limited to just the milk. I never shall forget one Sunday back in the day, a guy walked in the door. Here I'd never met him before. First time I ever met the guy. I walked up to me. The first words out of his mouth was, I'm here for some meat. I'm tired of cereal. <laughs> So, said, well, I hope you find some here today. Uh, but I knew exactly what he meant. Uh, he was not getting any meat. Now, the church at Corinth could not get meat, could not digest meat, because they were carnal. But let's look at what the problem was, see what the, what the issue was. Are you not carnal, whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions? Are you not carnal and walk as men? Well, one said, I'm of Paul, and I'm of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Now that was the problem. They were focused on position. These are the, these are the guys, you know. These are the men, and they were they were also uh, on personalities and on position. They they had, they were taken up by that, and that was kind of the Greek mindset. The Greek minds, the Greek mindset had a difficult time with humility, kind of like another t- nation I know about uh, somewhere. Uh, but you know the the fact is they were focused that way and it hindered their understanding of scripture but now Paul in his wonderful way with inspiration of spirit puts it all in perspective and notice how he deals with it he says this who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom you believed, as the Lord even as the Lord gave to who say it with me Every man. Now, the word, the word minister, you know, we think of a guy in a black and a white collar. That's not what the word is. The word is diakonos. You know what that is? Servant. We're just a servant. I mean, Paul, Apollos, Peter, all of us are just servants. And the word, the word means, besides just the name servant, which you know what that means, but it means that someone who obeys the desire of somebody else. In other words, somebody's calling the shots and they're, they're doing it. And by the way, that should be the goal of every believer. To just be a servant. What is my place? Lord, tell me what to do. And it, you know, position? Personality? No, no. We have to be willing to surrender ourselves... To God, and to say, Lord, what is my part? Where can I serve? You know, if if the choir, uh, I mean, you probably understand, there are four parts up there. Uh, if if let's suppose the choir were all uh, altos, you know, the altos would probably love that, but the rest of us wouldn't. We want all the sound. We want all the stuff together. And and suppose there was no brass section or no violins. You think of all that. How those things add. I don't know if you ever notice uh, when the, the orchestra plays with the choir, and I love that when the orchestra plays with the choir. Don't you say amen? amen. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, or- the choir is singing along, and uh, where's my brother who plays the trumpet? Right over here. Brother, of the curls? He's sitting here going, two, three, He's not playing a note. He's just sitting there counting measures until his turn comes, then he goes, <laughs> And I tell him, man, Andy, that was great. That added to the song, and it did. Exactly in the right place, exactly the right note. He even plays the right notes. <laughs> what a wonderful thing to do. But, I mean, you know, that's just an example. This, this evening, we, play, we had a trio up here, and there was Paul playing the flute, right? I mean, all those things are important. It, it makes for what we are supposed to do. Now, what we see, and I'm not just glorifying them as the only way to serve God, obviously, But those who have gifts are to use those gifts. You know, um, there should be a line waiting to get into the choir. I'm serious. Instead of having 32 up there, you ought to have 52 up there. Amen? Uh, That would look pitiful. Uh, because, Because, listen, find your place. Find the place that God wants you to serve and be a servant. Uh, I mentioned I read that long list to you the other day of, of all the things that nobody know, knows about that goes on around here every week and the wonderful people who do it with a sweet spirit. And it just thrills, it thrills my heart to see. And, and that's, still, that's still the attitude of the church. It's still, I know that's, that's you guys. But you know, there, if you haven't found that place, or maybe there are one or two places you can serve. Because what we learn in Ephesians 4.16 is a quiet, that the church itself only progresses to the degree that we're involved? In other words, if one third of our congregation is not in their place, then the congregation misses that one third of the service and it will not be what it needs to be. God ordained, God planned that it be 100%. So this evening, I want to finish this series with. How does God look at our service? How do, what is important? How can we, how does God measure us as we look at our service? And you know, God uses very simple people. In, uh, in First in Corinthians chapter 1, these first few chapters are just very, matter of fact, if I get a chance to do three sermons later on this year, I'm going to do one of the first three chapters of First Corinthians, I'll just warn you because it, it's a great, great passage of scripture. But, you know, in in that section of Scripture, Paul says, you know, God doesn't use many exceptional people. He doesn't use the mighty, the wise, the strong. He uses ordinary people. Here's why. So that nobody can glory in his presence. When somebody is gifted, it is easy to look at them. It is easy to glorify them. But... God wants the glory. God deserved the glory. And we have been given everything. Paul, notice, notice how Paul says it. He says, uh, uh, as he says, uh, no, no, no. it's verse, verse eight. Who is then Paul? Who's apostle, but minister by whom you believed even as the Lord gave to every man. In other words, they, were just, they were just doing what they knew how to do. They were doing what God had given them to do. And to hold the position, more important than another position, is not, not a wise thing to do. But to be humble enough to say, what is my place? What can I do? Maybe, maybe something, two or three things. That, and maybe nobody will ever know. But God knows. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we see how God judges us and how God measures our ministry. Before we go to, we go to chapter 4, I'm not sure if that's across the page on your Bible, but it is on mine. Chapter 4 says, let, let a man so account of us as, a, uh, uh, as a ministries of, ministers of Christ as stewards of the mysteries of God. Steward is one who manages something that doesn't belong to it. He is one who is, does, is not an owner. He is a manager. He is one who takes something. Now, we need to take stewardship over our ministry. This is what I do. I come out here and I, I, I sweep the floor, or I come out here and I, I work in the nursery, or I sing in the choir, or I teach Sunday school, or I help in children's church. Whatever, your that should be your stewardship. That is something you do, that you, you take ownership of. You don't own the job, but you're willing to manage it. You're willing to do it. And he says, moreover, it is required of a stewards that a man be found faithful. There is the, the standard by which we're judged. Not by talent. Why aren't we judged by talent? Some Talk to some, me. Huh? Some have it and some don't. Some have it and some don't. Yeah, that's true. Well, if we do, where do we get it? We got it from God. You know, Paul said in this passage, if, if you've got everything you've got, you got it from God. Why don't you glory glorious if you didn't get it? You know, we have everything we have. If we have anything at all or what the things we do have, were gifts from God. So we're stewards over the things that God has given us, and a a steward needs to be faithful. He says, but with me is a small thing that I should be judged of you, or of man's judgment. Yes, I judge not my own self, and I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Uh, Paul said, you know, and and you can only imagine, perhaps someone was criticizing him, I don't know. It's easy, It's easy, by the way, for people to don't do anything to sit back and criticize those who do. Right? And Paul said, you know, it, it, it's a small thing that you judge me. But he said, I don't even judge myself. And here's the reason. We don't know the breadth of our ministry. We don't know whom we're, we're impacting. It's amazing to live a long time like I have. You know, you, you hear from people that, that you taught 30 years ago. Or, you know, I remember one time I was preaching at Bob Jones, and I was walking down the sidewalk, and and one of the college students came up to me and said, I need to talk to you. And he said it kind of, you know, I'm thinking, what did I do? He said, well, you taught my parents how to spank me. (laughs) Okay. So, didn't seem happy about it either, but, you know... I didn't know, I would, didn't take a lot of blame on that, but I'm just saying that you never know. You never know how you're going to impact some others. Uh, some of you remember Miss Pat, who used to teach the 3- and 4-year-olds? Did you have her, Carson, when you were here? I bet you did, didn't you? Everybody had Miss Pat. She was a she was a favorite. She was a lovely lady who just taught she loved those kids. And I remember one Sunday she was talking about the, the lady who uh, put... Perfume of great value on, on Jesus' feet and dried his feet with her hair. Remember that? She came into the school class, had all the kids take off their shoes and put perfume on all their feet. Those kids will never forget that. You know, she took it seriously what she was doing. It was her ministry, it was her, it was her, her niche that she had with those children. And our, our job is to be faithful and, and to judge whether or not we're successful. That's God's business. That's what Paul's saying. He said, you know, I I can't determine how success. I'm just just a servant. I do what I'm told to do. And then he said, Moreover, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. Uh, I've said it, and I, I believe with all my heart, that the people standing in the front of the line when the rewards are given out won't be people you know. They'll be people who live very simple lives. I've met some of those folk who live around the world, who live in very simple situations, who labor with nobody knows their name, nobody ever will, but God knows their name. And God sees their service. You know, when the first time I went to Ghana, uh, we were watching just, you know, learning about what they do and we, we learned that many of those young men these are these are 21, 22 year old young men would get on a bicycle and ride for an hour and a half or two hours to get to their church back in the bush to preach every Sunday and you think, man, riding a bicycle hey, you know is, it, is, it, is that a good thing? is that worth that? yes it is it was to them that was their ministry. That was the, that. was their thing. That was the thing they were stewardship over. Steward over that ministry, and God knows that. And I think when we come to the judgment seat of Christ, there's gonna be a lot of people that are like that who serve so faithfully with very difficult circum and with maybe difficult more than that, but that we never know. But God knows, and God is the one who will judge. So we see in uh, back over to chapter chapter three our text this evening. Who then is Paul, and who is ministered, but by, by whom, by, as God gave to every man, i planted, a pause, watered, and God gave the increase. Them. You know, uh, we never know. Pass out a gospel tract, witness to somebody on an airplane, talk to somebody at work, and may never hear. My wife and I have a thing we do from time to time as we go into a restaurant. We'll ask a server. If it's not busy and not out of place, we'll ask a server. How, how can i is there anything we can pray with you we of pray in just a minute can we pray with you about something and uh and by the way we do pray for them and and when i go back in if they're there i'll ask them how how it went you know i mentioned that but the fact is you never know what that's going to do a, a, a kindness a, a concern and and yet it is it is our part of doing what what we can do and uh we never know how it ends uh I planted, Paul said, Paul said, watered, and God gave the increase. What an amazing thought that God can take our talents, our abilities that he gave us, and our our sacrifice, which he expects, and use it for his glory. And that God is glorified. Uh, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Let your light so shine before men that he may see your good works. And what? Glorify your Father which is." so we all have different responsibilities some are planters and some are waters I, I shared with you last week and I, I, by the way, I spent an hour or two with, with uh, Andy on the phone this week but uh, Andy said you know I may never see the harvest he was a Sp- missionary in Spain but he said I take my joy in sowing Boy, that, that, was, a, that was a great for me to hear that you know, we all, we all want... You know, we're American. We, you know, we want to see results. We want to do something. We don't mind doing something if we can see something good happen. But, you know, sometimes you never see it. And, and Andy was in a hard place in Spain spreading the gospel. And he said, I, I just take my joy in sowing. And I thought to myself, wow, isn't that a good thing? Whatever my, whatever my job is, whatever place I have found, to find my joy there. Joy because I'm serving the Lord Christ. Joy because I'm accomplishing what God made me, how he made me, what he wants me to do. Joy in simply serving the king of kings. So, God is the judge. Uh, Verse 8 of this chapter says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward. According to how things turn out. That's an ancient Greek. You probably don't understand that. No. It says according to what? How, how hard you worked. You know. Uh, how hard you. Put, what, what you put into what God has given you. What, how you use what you have. When God gave you an opportunity. How much did you put into that? How much did you use what God had, has given you? That's. That is how we're going to be judged. You see, God is a God of consequences. is not he? You know, when, when you want to solve a problem... Let me have about something. It's one of the things that, 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 you know... If I have a pet peeve, it probably is mine. The Bible tells us how to fix things. And it's very clear what God says. And here, here's what happens. When we obey God, we have... Behind us the power of God. And God is the only one who can change hearts. Right? right? Nobody else can change hearts but God. So God says do this. Yes Lord. I'll do that. And all of a sudden. Something changes. What happened? God God changed that. And yet if we, we say no. I'm not going to do it. God's not going to do it my way. Well good luck fellow. It'll turn out about as good as you can do. That's going to be about it. But God is the one who, who uses what we are. And makes it work. It's not based on our results, but on faithfulness. But notice this, and I love this verse For we are labors together with God. Let that soak in just a minute. Yoked up with the Almighty. I mean, hooked up doing His work. What an amazing thing that we get to do that. You know, I was pastor a long time here and and preached a lot right here, usually up there. And I never got over the fact, I never one time got over the fact on Sunday morning I stood up that you were out there listening to me. I never got over that. I know me better than you know me. Somebody said, if you know us like God knows us, you wouldn't bother preaching to me. And I would say, well, if you know me like God knows me, you wouldn't listen to me anyway, you know. But it's an amazing amazing thing. it, It was overwhelming to me. That I got to do that. I get to get up here and preach. And people listen. And occasionally people write stuff down. I'm thinking wow did I say something? You know it's an amazing thing that God is willing to. We're laborers together with God. And the, the thing that is important to us. Is am I in the place where God wants me to be? Am I doing what God wants me to do? We say, well, I, I'm not very strong. I, I don't have. Well, let's see. Didn't God say, "My strength is made perfect in weakness"? You know what God said? You know, uh, you say, well, you know, I don't have a lot of gifts. I'm just kind of, you know, a shy little person. Well, did the Bible says that God uses ordinary people, so that when things happen, He gets the glory? So you see, God. We are laboring together with him. What, a, what an amazing privilege. That is. By the way, What a great responsibility that is. That we realize if we're going to labor with him, we've got to do it his way. We've we got to let him tell us what to do. And tell us where to do it and how to do it. Let God impress those things upon our heart. And then we see in verse 12. If any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's works be made manifest, for they shall declare it. You know, God deserves our best. Whether whether it's cutting the grass outside or pulling weeds or painting a wall or keeping the kids, God deserves our very best. Uh, I actually have heard this once in my ministry. A a choir director got up and said, y'all pray for us. We ain't had much time to practice. And I thought, for heaven's sakes. Uh, if you haven't that much time to practice, don't sing. I used to tell it when I directed a choir, I told the soprano, if you can't sing the high note, don't try. That's a terrible thing to do. But you know, God deserves our best. Nothing else, nothing else should do for us. If I've got a lesson to prepare, if I've got a song to sing, if I've got a wall to paint, if I've got children to keep, it ought to be the very best I could do. And, and don't make any mistake about this. Gold and Precious Stone is not just for preachers and missionaries. It means how you do your job. Do you serve the Lord Christ? Is it, is it to show forth Him? How you raise your kids? I mean, ladies, well, you say, well, I'm at home. I'm, you know, home doing washing. and well, yeah. But, hey, you're also raising children who can be, who can, you know, Susanna Wesley. I think she had 16 children. Did you know two of her children changed the world? John and Charles Wesley. England was on the verge of revolt revolt like France was. Remember France, the, the, all that crazy stuff? And England was right on the verge. And God used John and Charles Wesley to preach and to start revivals and change the course of history. This little woman who never preached a sermon, who never was a pastor or a missionary, changed the world by raising her kids uh, people who show Christ in the workplace over and over again the other, just the other night we have a leadership class on Wednesday night we have uh, 13 guys down there and I ask uh, in, in the part of the class tell, tell us the passage we were in uh, it says continue thou think thinketh thou hast learned and hast them assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them I said share with the group who impacted your life the most in your spiritual life, here you are, a grown man who impact your life the most. it would have thrilled your soul. It was a guy that, that I worked next to me. you know it was my grandmother, it was my uncle. it was you know a, a youth pastor, it was, it was a coach, it was somebody. and to hear all the people that had impacted and so to understand this gold silver and precious stone doesn't, doesn't need a position it doesn't need. Anything where people know about it, it's just doing what you're supposed to do for the glory of God, and doing it every day, and living as a Christian, letting your light shine. And I need I need to go back to verse ten. I've skipped over one thing. I want to I want to show you. Look at verse ten. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, that is unto Paul, the wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed. How How many of you in this church have been here less than 10 years? You've not been in this church? Let me see your hand. All right. These pews were bought by people that you never saw. You know, this building, all these things around us. That's what Paul was saying. He says, you know, I laid the foundation. Now, you've got to build on this foundation. You're God's husbandry. That is, you're his vineyard. You're his building. And he says, now be careful how you build on it. What Berean Baptist Church will be in two or three years depends on you. Are you building on the foundation that's been laid here? Are you willing to to offer yourself as others have offered themselves? I mean, I could tell you amazing stories. Um, the, the, we have we have we have a Barnabas fund here. Where the last terrible recession we had back in whenever that was, we had a lot of men out of work, and we had we had people losing their losing their houses. So I got the idea. Barnabas was a son of uh, comfort, you know. I said, let's have an offering. Let's take up an offering for those in our church, church members who are, who are struggling financially, who are you're about to lose their house or need, need our help. And I said, so Sunday night we're we'll going to take an offering, and we'll use that fund to help these, help these people in this situation. The first one Sunday night offering was $23,000. And by the way, that fund is still up and still helping people. Because God's people started out doing the right thing. And many of the people who we helped gave back to the church, even though we didn't ask them to. But the fact is, listen, folk, we need to do our part. We need to re- be responsible to build on those who came before us. To, uh, to, I, I'm thrilled to be here. I've, I've been retired five and a half years to still have a part in this ministry. And to be, a, to be what I can be. Whatever I can, whatever I can do. I'm thrilled about that. God deserves our best. Gold, silver, precious stones. And I, I'm afraid. You see. Wood, hay, and stubble is not sinful. It's common. I mean you know, it has some uses. I mean you can build a fire with it I guess. You know the other thing. But you know that is not the kind of gift you give a king. Our service ought to be gold, silver, and precious stones. And the question I want to leave with you tonight is this. Is it possible that we exhaust our time and our efforts accomplishing things that are not worthy of a king? I don't live in such a way to bring glory to God. Uh, I don't invest my time. I'm jealous of my time. I don't invest in the ministry of Christ. I'm I'm not busy about doing God's work. And... I know I, we we who in the ministry have a great privilege, I understand they never got over that, but each of us have doors open to us to serve, places we can make a difference here. We can we can and as we as we grow together, as we learn that and find our place to serve, this this work goes forward. That's what Ephesians four: sixteen says, the church edifies itself in love when everybody takes its place. And let me tell you something. The real joy in the Christian life is serving. And God's people said, those who serve know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, there's nothing quite like it. Being in the place where you're serving the Lord Christ. Knowing that other people may not know what I do. Other people may not see me. But I'm doing the best I can to do what I can for God and for Christ. And by the way, when we stand before God, that will look like gold, silver, and precious stones. It is a gift-worthy gift worthy Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the privilege of service. I thank you for the privilege I've had of preaching. I thank you for the people who listen very carefully tonight to what I had to say. And I pray that you would take your word and would (coughs) burn into our hearts, not just be words, not just be platitudes, but would be a goal, a plan for our lives. Help us to love you and serve you with our hearts because we love you, because you're worthy of our service. And I pray that you would bless this church as we all together do our part. We thank you for the privilege in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Mike, I know you're somewhere back there. Lead us in a song. Right. Let's stand together. We'll close with the chorus. There is joy, joy, joy in serving Jesus.